Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond to the clubhouse to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Good afternoon, Twins Territory. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Twins and the Cardinals coming up a little bit more than one hour from now. The rubber game of this three-game series from St. Louis. Good pitching matchup to veterans today. Michael Pineda for the Twins and Adam Wainwright opposing for the Cardinals. I'm Corey Provis. Welcome to our Sunday show. It's Inside Twins. And our guest on this Sunday, the first day of August, is the president of baseball operations. And a great time to catch up with Derek Falvey, who's kind enough to join us for the show today. Derek, good afternoon. Thanks for your time. Corey, thanks for having me on, as always. Obviously, a busy week uh, for you and the staff. And now that the trade deadline has, has come and gone, we'll get to that coming up here momentarily. But for you, is this kind of just a time to take a breath? Because you have the draft and you have the trade deadline. That's all now in the uh, rearview mirror, is this kind of, you know, just an opportunity to just cool off for a little bit? Uh, you know, it, I, I hope so a little bit, at, at least as it compares to the mid-July to end-of-July run. I mean, we have plenty of work to do and plenty of things to be navigating. But uh, as you mentioned, the draft right in the middle of the All-Star break, you know, created a lot of – we had a lot of attention paid there. Obviously, the trade deadline every year is incredibly busy. So now we get into what feels like a little more normal kind of day-to-day, prepping our, our guys, you know, seeing what's going on in the minor leagues, trying to continue to develop the players. But uh, Friday, about 4 p.m. Uh, Central time was was a time where I finally let my brain rest for a little while. Let's go back in time, if we can, in terms of the baseball calendar. How did the Twins get to this point? Was there a certain stretch, maybe not one game, where you just knew at that point that instead of contending, it's going the opposite way and that we may have to be in more or less trade and sell mode at the deadline? Yeah, you know, we've we've talked before about the the entirety of the year just having it feels like every time we feel we might catch a little bit of a, a momentum run, uh, it's it, something has come up, whether it's an injury or poor performance or a combination of the both. You know, we just haven't been able to get on track. I can't really point to one specific instance, though. I will say for us, because we believe in the talent in that room and, and quite a bit of the talent that still remains, we felt like uh, when we were playing the Tiger series there and had a chance to reel off those four and roll into the break, see how we came out. Unfortunately, it didn't come out as well as we had finished. So we knew at that point when 
discussions really started picking up that it was it was more geared towards some opportunities to think about how do we get more talent in this organization for the future. All said and done, the Twins parted ways with four players, Nelson Cruz to Tampa for two minor league starters, Jose Brios, of course, a deadline trade to the Toronto Blue Jays. Austin Martin, uh, former fourth overall pick in the 2020 draft, uh, came back in that trade. Also a young 20-year-old arm and Simeon Woods Richardson also came to the Twins in that Barrio swap. Jay Happ to the Cardinals for big league reliever John Gant and a left-handed pitcher named Evan Sisk, who's with Double uh, A Wichita, and also Hansel Robles to Boston for right-handed pitcher Alex Sheriff. And, of course, the, the Nelson trade, we've dissected that. Uh, but getting back to, to Barrios, uh, why now? Uh, why not wait on him and maybe work something out of the offseason? Or was it once a player reaches that rental status, do, do, the, do the, I guess, the, uh, the trade uh, language and what you can get back, does that change drastically? Well, I think we, we made no secret of the fact that as we were entering the deadline, we knew there would be some players who were highly sought after, guys with uh, additional years of control, guys that are with us for a long time. And we got calls on a number of those types of players. And ultimately in the Jose situation, you know, we, we set a really high bar. You know, We were not going to trade Jose unless we felt like we were really doing something that we thought ferried this franchise forward in a positive way here over the next number of years. And when you get a guy that we had really at the top of our draft board just one year ago in Austin Martin, and we thought this guy easily could have gone first pick overall in the draft, He's, a, he's an exceptional offensive talent. You know, he's got such a good feel for the strike zone. He's already in double-A, having never played professional baseball, dropped in and performing, uh, and it's just been spectacular so far. So we think he's a guy that really has a chance to impact us. And then to get a 20-year-old starter in double-A who's having success, who's you know, found a way to, to get swing and miss, to continue to perform you know, at, at, at levels as he grows through the minor leagues, it, it was something that was painful for sure to have that conversation with Jose and, and to talk with him. But we felt this was in the best interest here uh, of really what we're trying to build over over the longer period of time to sustain a chance to compete every each and every year. Did you get a sense with Jose that just signing him was just not likely, that the best course of action at this point, because we, we couldn't come to terms on an extension, and maybe he just wants to test out free agency at the end of 2022, which is well within his right. Did you get a sense, though, that it was just not going to happen contractually? Yeah, you know, I think what you just spoke to there, um, that it was, you know, within his right, and, and we have a ton of respect for players who have earned the opportunity to get through those years of service at the big league level and finally get themselves to free agency. And we had nothing but really positive conversations with Jose, with his agent, his view of Minnesota, but it seemed likely, you know, at that point, uh, as based on the dialogue we were having, that he was going to at least explore what free agency brought. And that's okay. As, as I just said, that is his right. But ultimately, at that point, you have to make a, a bit more of a, a decision around what's the best thing for your franchise. Because when we've seen other players kind of get to free agency, uh, especially when you're having a down year like this year, where you can turn maybe turn that into something really positive going forward, uh, we just felt that was in the best interest of the Twins. It's a difficult call, but it, it ultimately is the one that we have to do for, for the future of the franchise. What, what does this mean for the pitching staff come, 22, come 2022 and even beyond? Uh, because, yes, you get some minor league talent back, and that will help, but then you also had a, lot, a ton of internal you know, twin minor league pitching talent, and many of those guys, Derek, are down right now. So how much trust can you put into these guys being back healthy, A, but B, many of these guys did not throw it all in 2020, and now most of their 2021 
has been washed because of injury. So what does this mean now for the starting staff moving forward, and I guess as early as 2022? Well, I think, you know, pitching in many ways is a numbers game. You know, some people talk about that. You do have injuries. We are dealing with that, you know, more in this post-COVID world than we were even before, you know, throughout the minor league. So nobody's alone in that. We all have to figure out how to navigate it. But that was a big part of our returns, you know, in, in terms of what we looked at as we look down to, to AAA and AA. Once you get to the upper level, we feel you're really in the major league conversation soon. I think getting guys back like Joe Ryan, like Drew Strotman, to add to our mix of hopefully Joan Duran getting back on the mound here soon, Josh Winder, who just pitched in the Futures game, and then other guys younger below that, whether it's Jordan Belazovich or, or, or Matt Canarino or Simeon Woods Richardson now at that level, we feel like all these guys will, will be a part of our future here, hopefully sooner rather than later, but that doesn't mean we don't have work to do at the big league level. We're going to have to try and find a way to, to add some pitching, uh, more pitching than just those names I mentioned from the outside as we go through free agency and trade season this offseason. Getting back to Austin Martin, whom everybody seemed to love uh, that the Twins got back in the Barrios trade, uh, a guy that can play short, can play the outfield. They love his bat. Some of the the, the folks that cover the minor leagues wonder about his power. But defensively, where does he project uh, moving forward? Well, Austin's somebody who had some shortstop experience in college. He's played around a little bit in the infield. He's got a lot of time now in center field. I think this guy's a athletic enough to to adapt to a few different spots we're going to get a feel for him a little more get to know him get to know his comfort level at those positions we think he can play on the dirt in the infield or in the outfield quite frankly and that'll that'll be a huge benefit for us going forward his center field play from what our scouts saw in the weeks leading into the deadline you know him getting again like i said his first exposure to professional baseball uh, they really liked it so we think he's instinctual he moves all around And, and you mentioned something about his power that I think is really um, is undersold. I mean, when you look at minor league hitters that turn into guys that have a little more power in the big leagues, it's typically they start with really good feel for the barrel, really good bat control, really good bat to ball. He's a guy who knows how to spray the ball to all field, knows how to hit you know, in, a, in a really old school way. You know, he's, he's somebody who he looks around, he can, he can flare a ball to right when he needs to, he can drive a ball to left center. As soon as he gets more comfortable with that, I think you're going to see a guy that's going to develop into more power at the upper level. Is that a Luis Arise comp then, or, or more power than, than uh, what Luis shows? Yeah, I think he's got more power in the, in the, in the body, in the, in the tank there that he can get to, because we've seen it a little more at times uh, when he lets it go. But even in the Futures game, our guys watched his BP, and he's one of those. He'll take two or three to right field, drill them to right, you know, right back up the middle, and then a few pull side. He's trying to be a hitter right now, not trying to be a power guy. And I think in this day and age, uh, across baseball, uh, it's probably a little bit of an uh, un- unseen guy. But we see it w- with him that we see that coming uh, as a- as he comes in his professional career. One final thought before we take our first break: in terms of Royce Lewis, the 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 addition of Austin Martin, when Royce is able to get back on the field, will he stay at short? Or I know he was the fall league MVP playing center. Now that was out of necessity based on you know, roster management there in Scottsdale involving Kirloff and his wrist a couple of years ago. But is the plan still to have Royce at short and not playing him in the outfield? That is our plan when he gets back. You know, we certainly want to get him healthy. That's our first uh, focus. As you said, that was more out of necessity for the roster spots in the fall league for him to play center. We continue to develop him as an infielder. That's our focus. Uh, it is a great outcome when a guy can go play extra positions. You know, you see, you see teams the last few years, whether it's the the Dodgers or the Rays or teams that have been in the World Series, 
having guys that can go play a couple of spots in those games uh, has been has been really valuable, you know, for a team. So we we love the flexibility that that those guys provide Austin too, and and look forward to having both of those guys on the field in the big leagues here soon. All right, we'll take our first break on our Sunday show. When we come back, we'll dive into Byron Buxton a little bit. Also, some big picture topics we'll break down with Derek today. The trade deadline, there's a defined date. It captured so much energy and attention and entertainment. Can we somehow get there in terms of free agency? Get Derek's take on that. Also, maybe a regret, too. Looking back at 2019, the Twins were so good, and that big blockbuster trade never happened. Reflect on that and other things with Derek Falvey next. Inside Twins continues on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Derek Falvey on our Sunday afternoon program. Byron Buxton uh, is still a twin. That, to me, is good news. I think all the fans and everybody agrees. Uh, I'm sure you can't get into specifics, but it's leaked out a little bit that you've had negotiations and maybe constant communication with him and his agents. And Byron said on the last homestand that he wants to stay. Can we look at that as a positive, that there is genuine interest to get a deal done to keep Byron a twin for a long time? Is that fair? Well, I think, yeah, I think that's fair, Corey. I, I think that, you know, when you, when you have a guy uh, who expresses that interest in being here, as he's done publicly and privately with us, and we've had uh, some dialogue, as you've mentioned, you're always hopeful. And I, I think that that's the starting, that's the starting line, you know, ultimately uh, who knows where those go in the future and going forward, but we've made, Again, no secret of the fact that we love Byron, and it's a big part. He's a big part of our team, and hopefully, our focus now is to get him back on the field, get him playing, and uh, and contributing to not just the next uh, next rest of this season, but into next year, and, and hopefully for many years beyond. Now, Derek, I want to shift away from individual players and kind of you know hit on something that Danny and I got into on the air a little bit on Friday was that just how how entertaining the deadline was, just from a fan standpoint. You obviously have a different perspective on on it but I just thought it brought so much to the game it brought attention it brought eyes because there's one defined date to get deals done free agency in baseball drags too long it doesn't capture the same excitement that the other sports do sometimes that the most high profile guy doesn't sign until February or March and that is bad for the game so from your seat can we do that is there something that you can work out in the next CBA that can put a deadline on free agency so that there is interest and it doesn't drag out for four or five months. Trust me, for the uh, the health of my family and my brain and by the sake, I would love that <laughs> because when we're having free agent conversations in, uh, in early November or mid-November uh, and ultimately are concluding those same conversations in January, it's, it's not as much fun. I agree with you. I, I think there are some unique elements to other sports uh, that, that don't apply to baseball that do create a little bit of a challenge in that, you know, other sports have salary cap structures and, and, uh, arrangements that maybe allow for when, you know, a certain team has a certain amount of allotted space or cap space to get a player. So that, that may speed some things up. Whereas in baseball, it's more, much more of a free market system. Those are things that have come up in the past, uh, that I do know relate to that. But ultimately, you know, in baseball, really what we, what we tend to feel or find out is, at the GM meetings in November, that's when groundwork is laid. The market is kind of figured out. Uh, ultimately, you try and get to winter meetings, and, and maybe there's some deals done around winter meetings, some of the bigger ones in December. Uh, but as you said, there are a number of players that these things tend to drag out through through December and January. But 
if you've got ideas or anyone's got ideas, we'd love to hear them because I'd love to have that so, so shortened, not, uh, shortened verse. So, so baseball not having a salary cap, not saying that's the only reason why, but not having a cap certainly plays into it, why you couldn't have a defined date. It, it probably plays some role, right? I'm, I'm trying to come up with maybe on, as we're talking about it, some ways that with the other leagues and, and the defined kind of structures of what those teams look like. That has come up in the past. I've read that before, so I can, I can understand that. But at the end of the day, there are probably a lot of factors in baseball that, that ultimately lead to why, uh, why it takes a little bit longer. It's taken longer more over the last few years, too. You know, a few more guys signing in the January month. Obviously, COVID last year played a role in the uncertainty around season and when we were going to start, things like that. So hopefully there is a way to, to get something in a, a, a next negotiation that allows for some clarity in that. I, I think that would, be, that would be great for everyone. Changing gears a bit, if we can, to get some injury updates on a couple of twins. Josh Donaldson is out again today, but still not on the injured list with the off day tomorrow before the Red Series begins. Uh, are you thinking that this may be kind of what happened to Josh last time, where he tweaked his hamstring but no IL stint was needed? Do you foresee a similar plan this time around too? Yeah, I think in Josh's case, you know, it, it feels that way again. You know, where he, uh, I didn't get the, the update entirely from today, so pregame, so we'll know a little bit more here shortly. But uh, it was something that was very much that felt like a cramp, and he's dealt with that before and come back and played a number of games after that. So as you just said, with the off day tomorrow, hoping to take a few days, you know, get him in a good spot, and then uh, get him back on the field. If not, if we need to give him a little bit more time down, we'll we'll certainly go down the aisle path, but we're hopeful that this is something pretty minimal and we're trying to keep it that way. What are Taylor Rogers options right now, medically? So Taylor, so right now, as, as we've said, after he had the injury uh, that we were going to get a, a number of opinions, right? Uh, he's, he certainly wants to go through this and be thoughtful about it. Uh, when you have this kind of pulley injury, uh, there are a few different paths, you know, and, and there's obviously always uh, the rest and recover and see how you return and rehab uh, plan. There's also the potential that, uh, a surgical route could make sense in some cases, uh, maybe not in this this case, but in many cases, the surgical route actually could be quicker for some guys you know, relative to the return just by rest and recovery. So we want to make sure that he weighs all these options, talks to all the surgeons, and, and make sure that he gets the most up-to-date information. And then, then we partner with him, his agent, uh, and our medical team to come up with the best plan. And I'm hopeful we'll have more clarity on that early this week. We'll take our final break at Inside Twins. When we come back, we'll look back on 2019, that great Twins team, and, and kind of reflect in hindsight about the Twins deadline, what they did do, what they did not do. Get Derek's take on that and other things also coming up as we wrap up the Sunday show next on your home for Twins Baseball. Segment of Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Back to wrap things up with Derek Falvey. And Derek, I couldn't help think about the Twins and where they're at this trade deadline compared to 2019 and how good that team was. The Bulma squad destined for the playoffs, an amazing season, winning more than 100 games. At the trade deadline, added Sergio Romo and also Sam Dyson. But any regrets? You know, two years removed about not going bigger. And I'm sure that there was a deal or two out there you thought about but had to part ways with, I'm sure, uh, you know, a big name, you know, a big-time prospect at the time. Uh, but that never happened. But looking back on it, two years removed from a team that was so good that had World Series aspirations, any regrets about not pulling the trigger on something substantial two years later? You know, it's funny. You always go back and you go through your past deadlines always and, and the off-seasons to make sure you can learn everything you can about it. But uh, if anything, I remember in that 2019 deadline, as we were getting closer to the end, 
Uh, we were made a proposal, I remember, along the way uh, that included Alex Kirloff, Trevor Larnick, and Taylor Rogers in it for one of, for, for a big, uh, big ticket item. And at the end of the day, I can tell you where I sit right now. Uh, as disappointing as that was, you know, ultimately to not get where we needed to. Uh, I love having those guys a part of this team and, and going forward. So it's a, it's a challenge always when you're trading away young talent, you know, in the short term for for major league quality uh, players. And uh, we certainly have done that in the past and added to it and added guys that we hoped could help us. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're always trying to build towards sustainability. And those good young players, you always want to be uh, giving yourself a chance to have them for a lot of years in town. So there was that gamble to put your chips in for that 19 season. If it didn't go well, then that could set you back even more for 2020, 21, and beyond? That's the calculation every GM has to go through You know, at that time, right? It, it's how much of your uh, future you're mortgaging for your present and ultimately – uh, we, we felt we had a really good team that year, you know, ended up tracking toward 101 wins. Obviously didn't go our way in the playoffs, uh, but it was something that uh, we, we should be proud of as a team, having having accomplished that and want to try and build back, get back there, do it again, and let's focus on the future. We have about 90 seconds left, and let's kind of finish with this because season ticket renewals are going out for Twins fans this coming week. What is your message to them right now about where the Twins are at and all the moves that were made and why – this is not a complete rebuild and that the twins should be a contending team in, again in 2022 sell the fans on that if you can yeah you know i think when we look at this club you know obviously over 2019 and 2020 uh, we won a lot of games and, and had a chance to really have some special runs there along the way uh, ultimately this year as we entered the season we felt it was going to be the same we felt like we were going to build off of those two years i think many people felt that way with the talent we had on the field Obviously, that hasn't come to fruition, but in many of the trades that we made there in, in Nelson and Hansel and Jay Happ, getting all that future value uh, for guys that ultimately would have been free agents at the end of this year, uh, regardless, you know, Jose, we know, had an additional year of control. We've added a lot of talent that hopefully will show up here in the big leagues, will be a big part of our future. And I know that the team that we have currently constituted with a lot of young players, a lot of developing players, the likes of, as I've just mentioned, the Alex Kirilovs and Ryan Jeffers and Trevor Larnick and others that are getting exposure and learning at the big league level right now. I'm going to bet on those guys every day of the week to come back and, and fight and battle and give ourselves the best shot again in 22 and the years to come. Hey, Derek, as always, appreciate the insight. Good conversation today and enjoy the game. Thanks for having me on, Corey. Take care. Always great to catch up with the Twins. President of Baseball Operations, Derek Falvey. We thank him for his time on this Sunday afternoon. Stay tuned. More to come. Twins and the Cardinals coming up. It's the Adana Realty pregame lineup card with Chris. That is coming up momentarily. First pitch, 115, Pineda against Wainwright. Stay tuned. More to come on your home for Twins baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.